Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Come on, have you said it out loud to anyone yet? Merry Christmas, family. Merry Christmas watching online. My name is Pastor Ashley Wilkerson, and I'm so grateful to be with you guys in person and all of you watching online. Make sure that you tell us where you're watching from in the comments. We want to read that. We want to connect with you. We want to make sure that we are linking arms even across technology. And I'm excited. I love this Christmas season, even Christmas 2020. Even Christmas 2020. Anybody with me? I mean, it's a very different season. But I'm excited. I'm excited. Even Christmas 2020. You know, I mean, it's changing for all of us. Even our mythical characters. Anybody got an elf on the shelf in their house? Yeah, we do. For those of you that are not parents, we didn't have this when I was little. I don't know where the elves were when I was little. They, they didn't come and sit on our shelves when, when I was a child. But now, like in our house, our elf's name is Billy. And he makes messes. Like, can you believe it? More messes for me to clean up, right? And, and he moves every single night. Well, well, most nights he moves. <laughs> most nights, yeah. But 2020 is even affecting our mythical characters. I had a friend in Georgia call me and tell me that their elf is, is a girl, And she was explaining that the kids were having to deal with the fact that their elf came in contact with COVID and had to be quarantined under a glass pie, what do you call it, like the pie case, uh, for two weeks. Couldn't move, couldn't make messes. So, you know, I mean, it's it's really affecting everybody. (laughs) Oh, it's just good stuff, man. Good stuff. You know, 2020 in all reality has been a year of clarity, if nothing else. I mean, we've all made, you know, in in two, in 2019, we made the, oh, 2020 is going to be a year of vision, right? 2020 vision, you remember those sermons? And in reality, it has been. It's been a year of real clarity, a year of, for me, the Lord bringing things to light. It's almost been a year of 3D type clarity, where the Lord is exposing things that we didn't even know existed, and He's making it even more clear to us the things that actually matter and the things that don't, even exposing people's hearts and their desires and what really is the most valuable. And I was thinking about that over the last couple weeks, how it has seemed kind of 3D in the way that things have just risen to the top. And today, I thought I would unpack this Christmas story, one that most of you have likely heard so many times, but I wanted to unpack it with this idea of the 3D in mind. 
Because as I went and I was reading the Christmas story in preparation for today over and over and all the different accounts, the Holy Spirit began to bring three areas to my mind and to my heart that were really in a way that almost seemed 3D. And so if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, we're actually going to title this one Christmas in 3D. And you know me, my heart is teaching, and so I'm going to try and make it as easy as possible for you to remember. And you know, I love the cheese factor. Anybody out there like cheesiness sometimes? Like, I embrace it. And so what we're going to do, think about it, friends, it's 3D. So guess what? I got three points for you that all start with D. Come on. You're going to be able to remember this a month down the road. So today... I want to talk about three areas of Christmas that you've probably likely never heard in a Christmas teaching before. Three areas that aren't necessarily talked about all the time in the Christmas story, but areas that I believe the Lord wants us to see in this account of Jesus' birth that are so relevant to us today. And the very first D that I want to talk about in this Christmas story that I believe we don't talk about enough is number one, the darkness. The darkness. Wait, 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 Pastor Ashley, this is supposed to be a Christmas talk. Don't make it sad. Let's don't talk about darkness. Let's talk about all the happy things. How many of you know that 2020 has been a dark year for many of us? It's been a dark year, friends. And when we go and look at the prophecies in Isaiah, if we look when Jesus' birth is being prophesied that first time, we actually find that the people of God are in a dark time as well. Look with me, Isaiah 9, starting in verse 2. Scripture says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness. Now, now isn't, that, isn't that exactly where we are? Some of us are walking in elements of darkness. And then there's others of us that are straight living in a land of deep darkness. But Scripture says, a light has dawned. Sometimes the darkness that we're walking through has nothing to do with anything we did. Hello, global pandemic, right? And then other times we walk through darkness because of stuff we did do. And if you look at the nine chapters in Isaiah leading up to this passage, what we find is that the people of God have been making some not-so-great choices. And they're in darkness as a result of them not obeying the actual word of the Lord. God's given them instructions, and they've heard those instructions, but they've not followed them. But what I find so unique, go and read it this week, is that while they are not connected to the heart of God, they are still following their religious routines. 
They're still going through the motions of all the religiosity. And friends, I have to warn you this morning, when we do that, when we do church or religious stuff just for doing and going through the motions and not connecting with the heart of God, that is the height of darkness. It is dangerous, friends. It's dangerous because we are now bearing the name of God without actually letting him be revealed through our lives. And that's what we find in Isaiah in this exact passage. The people are walking in darkness because of choices that they've made. But because we serve such an amazing God that even when we're walking through darkness based on our own choices, he is a God that loves us above all. And so what does he say? He says to the people walking in darkness, I don't even care if you cause this darkness, guess what? I'm bringing light. I'm bringing hope. I am coming for you. I am making a way, hope and light in the form of a baby a child, so that you can know me more intimately, is what the Lord says. I don't know about you, but I always hated the dark growing up. I mean, I was legitimately scared of the dark. And my kids don't like the dark either, right? When it's bedtime, you know, it gets dark here at 3.30 in the winter. But like, when it's dark at bedtime, it's a deep darkness, right? And so my kids always want every single hallway light on. They want five different night lights. They want the bathroom light on. They want the light on the other side of the house on, right? Just to know that it's on. Gotta have light, mommy. I, I don't like the dark. But the other week, I guess it was about four weeks ago, my sister, who lives in Georgia, had sent my kids a little care package. And in that care package, it was an electric light that cast really fun pictures on their walls. So you plug it in and you, you click it on. And then all of a sudden, all these fun characters that they love are now appearing on the wall. And I remember I walked down the hallway one evening and all the lights were off. And I thought, well, where are the kids? They can't be up here, right? That's, that's not possible because they don't love the dark. And then I went into Izzy's room and it is pitch black. And I'm thinking, well, they can't be in here either. And then I hear a little giggle, right? A giggle of excitement. And I said, what are you guys doing? And she, she said, mommy, mommy, close the door. We're waiting for the light to come on. And it dawned on me in that moment my kids who do not like darkness, who cannot stand it, were more than willing to stand in the middle of those dark places as long as they were anticipating the light. As long as they were looking for the light, they knew it was coming. They knew it was there. They didn't know exactly when it would switch on, right? And so they're waiting and they are excited. My kids who had ordinarily been afraid to be in the dark, all of a sudden are so excited to stand there and look for the light. Friends, that's where we find ourselves today. 
So many of us feel like we are in the midst of a really dark season and so much of the Christmas story is all about us being willing to walk through dark seasons, but always making sure our focus is looking for the light of Jesus in that season. He is that God for us. He is the God that literally can use any season. And he's the God that loves us so much that his light breaks through every single season. Look at what Isaiah says happens when we actually see Jesus's light. Isaiah 9, going back to verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Verse 3, you have enlarged the nation, meaning your people, Lord. You've increased their joy. So when you realize that light is coming, right, you become more powerful than you ever were. Your joy is is increased. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest, right? A massive celebration. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder, that's one heck of a party. Verse four, for as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. That's what happens when light comes into darkness. You shatter the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Verse five, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. It will be fuel for the fire. It's talking about the end of this, of this physical war, right? Verse six, and this is the part that we know. For unto us a child is born. Hope for all, light brought into our darkness in the form of a baby. Now, Isaiah isn't the only Christmas passage that talks about darkness related to this season. And in fact, one of my favorite passages to read at Christmas might be one of the most obscure. We talked about it a little bit last year, but not tons. But I want to read it to you today because it is one of the most concise accounts of the entirety of the Christmas story. Open your Bibles to John 1, or it's going to be here on the screens. You know, the account of the Christmas story. I, I love John's account. Most people don't don't really relate it to being the Christmas story. But if you look closer, it's there. John 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. I love when Scripture does that. It says the same thing over, just like, just in case you didn't get it. Through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. Verse four, in him was life, and that life was the light of some of mankind. No, all of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not 
overcome it. Friends, you may be here today thinking, yeah, Pastor Ashley, but your version of darkness is not like mine. No, 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 no. His light is such that no darkness can possibly overcome it. Your situation is not so dark that the light of Christ can't obliterate it. In Jesus' name, keep going, skip down to verse nine. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. Now here's it. I want you to circle it, underline it, highlight it, whatever. Here's the entire Christmas story in one line. Are you ready? Verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's the whole Christmas story, friends. The light of the world left heaven and became flesh to dwell among us. And that's our second D of our 3D, our Christmas in 3D, our second D this morning. The first one is the darkness. There's no darkness that's so dark that his light can't obliterate. He came for your darkness. Number two, the demonstration. The demonstration. The word of God that was there before the beginning of time became flesh, a man, a child that grew up into a man. Why? He didn't come just to go to the cross. I'm so grateful that he went to the cross and he bore my sin, my shame, all sickness, all of it. But he didn't come just for that. He came to give us a picture of exactly who God is. Isaiah 9, when we talk about the darkness that God's people were walking through. They were hearing the instructions of God. They knew what God had told them to do, but something wasn't connecting because they didn't know the heart of God in the way that maybe they should have. And so the Lord sees this and he says, you know what, I have a remedy for that. Not just for their sin, but so that they can understand and know me in a clearer way way. How many of you love Ikea? Okay, I'll be honest, I really do love Ikea. It's a dangerous place to shop. How many of you don't love Ikea because you've put together a piece of Ikea furniture before? Yes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, it's usually something like 800 boards that are maybe a little bit reminiscent of this, but it, what's so amazing about Ikea is these 800 boards fit into a box about this big, right? And you're like, how is that gonna be a bookshelf? I don't even understand that. And they're like, wait, and we'll tell you. And then it comes with like, 
literally 82 million of these screws, but they're not like normal screws and dowels, you know? They're like ones that have very specific whatevers and you're supposed to glue the thing and then the one thing goes into the other and you gotta twist it. Anybody with me? Yes, oh my goodness. I've put together more Ikea furniture than you could possibly imagine. But what I love about Ikea is not only their efficiency and the fact that you can get an entire bedroom suit for $19, hallelujah. It's how brilliant they are with like explaining to us how to make this and this become a bookshelf. And I was thinking about it this week because what if when you opened your Ikea box and you saw all of the different boards and the da-da-da-da-da, what if the instructions were just written in words? Anybody with me? Take the long board, insert the screw with the five millimeter da-da-da. That would be really tricky, right? But Ikea is so smart. What they do is they create their instruction manuals in just pictures. Anybody with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? They don't even have words. Like, and usually the title's not even like English, right? It's like some sort of, you know, whatever. But no words at all. It's pictures to show us exactly how to put it together and when to do what, right? Number one. And it's almost pictures like we're idiots because when we open that box, let's be honest, we turn into idiots. Like total idiots. And now what I love even more than the fact that it uses pictures to give us the instructions, now Ikea has a YouTube channel and I think we have it, yep, here we go. And you can literally click on what you're building and it shows you how to do it, friends. And you can go step by step with, every, with, with the person putting it together and you can pause. Anybody love that? Yes, pause. Let me figure out how he's got it fashioned and put it together in that way. And you can watch exactly how they do it and how they did it so that you can do it that same correct way. Friends, this is what God did when he sent Jesus. He said, I'm going to make my word become flesh. I'm going to make all of the instructions and everything that I desire for you and everything that I have for you. I'm actually going to have Jesus become one of you and live it out as a demonstration in front of you, not just so you can see how to live, but so that you can know who I am, said God. Jesus coming, not just to go to the cross, but as a demonstration of exactly who God is, what he looks like. That, you remember the bracelets? What would Jesus do? That is such a glimpse of exactly who God is. It's so huge, friends. And Jesus said it himself this way. John 14, starting in verse 6. Jesus answered. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse seven, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. 
From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And this confused Jesus' followers. They were like, "Mm, not totally getting it. Look at verse 8. Philip said, "Um, Lord, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. Meaning, all right, cool, introduce us to him. And Jesus is shaking his head. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I am the complete demonstration of who God is. I've had people ask me the question, Pastor Ashley, if God is real, Why doesn't he just appear and show himself to us? Friends, he already did. He did exactly that. And not only did he do that, he actually had multiple accounts of his life recorded. And not only did he do that, he had those withstand centuries upon centuries so that we could read those exact accounts today. He did it. You know, most of the questions that Pastor J.F. and myself get from people about the Bible are questions about the Old Testament, right? Well, why would God allow this and why did, did he do this? And I think it's so tricky sometimes because we are reading about a people and a culture that we can't possibly fully understand in this day and age. And, and what's so important is we have to understand that that is just a partial picture of who God is. Scripture tells us over and over that Jesus, Jesus is the complete picture of exactly who God is. And I know that this ruffles feathers sometimes, but friends, it's straight out of the Bible. Look with me at Hebrews chapter one, starting in verse one. Scripture says that in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, how many of you know we're living in the last days, just like they were in Hebrews, is that we're the We're the more last, last days, right? In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. Underline verse three. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Friends, do you look like Jesus? So many times there are individuals that want to quote from me Old Testament. And look, I gotta be honest with you. Nobody loves studying the Old Testament like I do. I love the Old Testament. And for me, the Old Testament is constantly pointing to Jesus over and over and over. But so many times I have people that want to quote for me the Old Testament without running it through the life of Jesus. And I think so often we have to reflect 
on if Jesus is the exact demonstration of who God is, does our life look like Jesus? I think we have to read scripture in a way that looks at how did religious people feel around Jesus? How did sinners feel around Jesus? And it's funny because we can read scripture and let's be honest, so often we only see the things we wanna see. I've had conversations with people even about John 8, right? So Jesus is teaching and the Pharisees bring a woman who's been caught in adultery into the actual tabernacle area, the temple area, the temple courts, right? Sorry. And they're trying to trap Jesus and in that moment, Jesus gets so frustrated at these religious leaders and he's like, ah, oh, how do you not get the heart of God? To the point where he's writing in the dust, which is a reference from Jeremiah. We've talked about that a million times before, where he's telling them very openly in front of people, you aren't getting my heart. You aren't getting my heart. And then he looks at the woman, he looks at them and he goes, those of you who haven't sinned, yeah, go ahead and throw a stone. And then he looks at the woman and he said, where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? And she says, there are none. And he says, go and sin no more. Well, I've had people, I've had conversations with people go, see, Jesus called out people's sin in public. And it's like, oh, friend, that's what you got from that story? No, 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 no. Jesus is the demonstration of who God is in that moment. He's calling out the religious and calling forth the sinner, not in condemnation, but calling with care. Say, oh, I love you. I have more for you than all this. There's no condemnation. I want to bring you into a relationship with me. How did Jesus make sinners feel? Who did Jesus stand up for? I wrote a whole list of questions. What did he speak out about? If you don't know the answers to these friends, you need to dive into scripture, begin to unpack because it is so obvious, the heart of God. Isaiah. Isaiah 9, picking back up in that same prophecy, he actually gives us a prophetic picture of what we see in the Gospels, in the account of Jesus' life. Isaiah 9, starting in verse 6 again. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And I love it because Tammy didn't even know that this was my sermon and she read it as a precursor, but I want you to highlight this in your Bibles, especially because of the chaos that we're watching in our country. Scripture says the government will be on his shoulders. His shoulders. Friends, I don't care who you voted for, he's got this. He's got us. Put your trust in him. The government will be on his shoulders. Somebody needs to hear that today. 
no coincidence that this is the prophetic Christmas passage. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. So many times we quote that so fast, we don't really think about what that means. He is a wonderful counselor. Not someone that you go to for counsel and they're mad at you. Not someone that you go to for counsel, Lord, what do I do about this? And you're scared of them. Or you think they're going to condemn. No, no, no. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He has power above anything that you could imagine. And more than that, he has so much love for you. Someone needs to hear this watching online right now. He's the everlasting father. Everlasting father. He is the father that will never leave you. And he's not just an earthly father that will also face death. He is an everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. That word prince doesn't mean the son of a king. It actually is a derivative of the word that we get principle from. And it's this idea of he's in charge of all the peace. He is the prince of peace. Verse 7, of the greatness of his government, his kingdom, and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal, now we don't use that word zeal very often, but what that means is passion, the determination, meaning this is what God's heart is beating with. All of those things that we just read, the zeal or the passion of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is exactly why Jesus came. Yes, to go to the cross, to die for our sins, but so much more, friends, to give us a clear picture of who God is. As the band comes back, our three Ds, of Christmas, our Christmas in 3D, the things that maybe in this season you need to allow to pop out at you bigger and stronger than anything else around you. You need to know that it's okay to be walking through darkness as long as you're anticipating his light. You're looking for it. He is the God of light. He came to dispel the darkness. Number two, the demonstration. You need to be looking at exactly what Jesus did in the word of God, exactly how he lived, because that is the complete picture of the heart of God himself. And the last D, the third D, is the dwelling. The darkness, the demonstration, and the dwelling. I want to go back to John and read that passage one more time. Because I don't want you to miss this beautiful picture. John 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. 
But here's what I want you to remember this morning, friends. The entirety of the account of Christmas is not just about a God that came and dwelt among us. It's all about a God that loves us so much that he wants to dwell inside of us. He wants to dwell within us. He wants to reside his spirit, his mind, his heart. He wants to make sure that we beat with the same zeal of everything that he came to show us. Not just among us, but within us. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Friends, if you need strength to get through this season, you need power, that is available to you. The Spirit of God residing inside of you so that you can begin to understand more and more of the heart and the zeal and the passion of God and exactly who He is and what He's calling us to. Well, Pastor Ashley, why does that even really matter? I was thinking this week as I drove by Paldo World. <laughs> it's this amazing Asian market on South Tacoma Way. And, and because I love sushi. And in all of Tacoma, for me, that's the best sushi, like Sushi Niwa. And uh, I, I love sushi so much, but I got to tell you, my first, I grew up in Georgia in a really small town. And so I hadn't really encountered sushi until I was maybe in high school. And my first encounter with sushi, okay, I won't say sushi, I'll say sushi, was at a gas station? <laughs> yes, look, everybody's like, Ugh. And I gotta tell you, the um, not my proudest moment, didn't really know that much about uh, the idea of that maybe being a mm, bad idea, right? Not really a good thing. And, but I got to tell you, it, it was shrink-wrapped and it said sushi across it. So I thought, well, here we go. Well, needless to say, it ended up with me uh, very sick for the rest of the evening and into the next morning. And then years go by that I refuse to have anything to do with sushi. Why? Because I had sushi before, I gotta be honest, I don't know that it was sushi. It bore the name of sushi, but I don't think it was sushi. And I was thinking about that this week because I could literally now, I, I'm so passionate about sushi, I could eat sushi every day of my life. And if it weren't so expensive, I probably would, right? But it took me encountering what real sushi was. Friends, there are some of you, maybe you're watching from home, you've encountered people that bear the name of Jesus, but they're not really exhibiting his heart. 
And can I just repent for them before you right now? Because who Jesus is, is not that person that hurt you. It's not that person that condemned you. It's not that person that was awful to you. Friends, that is not the God that we serve. And I am so sorry that they bore the name of Jesus, but gave you such a sickness inside. And my desire is that you would encounter the real thing. Because I promise, friends, so much more than me loving sushi. If you encounter the real spirit of God and Jesus and who he is and how much he loves you and everything that he has for you, you will want everything that he is. You will want everything that he is inside of you and around you. And the enemy knows that, friends. The enemy knows that. And so what does he do? He puts counterfeit, 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 counterfeit. Why? Because if you taste the counterfeit, then you go, oh, that's gross. I want nothing to do with that. And then anything that bears that name, you just reject. But the real Jesus, friends, the real Jesus, the one who runs after you, the one who chases you down with his love and his grace and his mercy and his passion, the one who is relentless, the one who said, oh, you don't totally get a picture of the heart of who I am, so I'm gonna send a baby. I'm gonna send a baby and he's going to, he's going to demonstrate that is who he is because he loves you so much. And he has so much for you. I want to close with this verse. Colossians 1. Starting in verse 25. Scripture says, I have become its, meaning the church. The author here is writing, talking about his calling from God. And he says, I've become the church's servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God, not in, not in a partiality, but in fullness. So often we just take little things and we go, oh, how could God possibly be? No, 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 in fullness, friends. The whole picture, 26, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's us, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I, I know that's a lot of churchy words. I, I, want you, I want you to see this. Don't miss this. This is so important. What is the hope of glory? Glory is who God is. When we say, Lord, show me your glory, we're talking about, God, show me who you are. Show me your heart, your mind, what you think about this. Do you know what the hope of glory is? The hope of people seeing who God is? It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. 
It's you allowing the Spirit of God to dwell in you. It's you getting in the Word of God, seeing how Jesus did every single day, and then you allowing His Word to take birth inside of you to become the way you think about things, the way you react about things, the way your perspective is, not your flesh, what Jesus would do. That's the hope of glory, friends. That's the hope of your neighbors becoming Christians, becoming exactly who God has called them to be. It is Christ in you, not an imposter, not a gross misrepresentation, but Christ in you. That's why Jesus came. He came in the middle of our darkness, friends. He's not scared of your darkness. Oh, but my darkness is so much darker. Eh. He's not scared. He came for your darkness. Invite him in. Anticipate when you're walking through dark seasons, make sure you set your eyes to be looking for exactly what Jesus has for you in that moment, just like my kids and watching, watching, right? the demonstration. He didn't just come to earth to go to the cross. He came to live out who God is so that we could get a better grasp, so that we could better represent him. The last of the dwelling, so that his heart, his spirit, his love, his peace, his joy, of all of who God is could reside in us flow out of us so that everyone around us can see him too. Amen. Bow your heads. I want to pray for you. If you find yourself in a really dark place right now, maybe your dark place is sin. Maybe you didn't realize that who God is wasn't that person that was really rude and mean and awful to you that claimed to be a Christian. No, no, no. That's not who God is, friends. God is calling out to you. He is a God that literally has done and will do everything to be in relationship with you. That's how much he loves you. Right now, all you have to do is believe Accept him as your savior. What does that mean, Pastor Ashley? It means you say, Lord, I want what you have for me. I wanna live this life the way that you desire for me. I want you inside of me. What does that mean? God, I wanna live my life for you the way that you did when you came to earth. God, I want your spirit inside of me. Take my sin, take my shame. Whatever words you want to say, maybe today you didn't realize, Pastor, I've been, I haven't been reading the word in that way. I haven't even been reading that much about how Jesus lived his life. I didn't realize that the way Jesus lived was the complete picture of who God is in his fullness. And now you just, now you just want that hunger. Lord, give me, give me that hunger for your word again so that I could just start diving in and seeing exactly how Jesus loved people and cared for people and what he stood up for, what he fought for, all of the things. 
And maybe you're here, you didn't realize that God literally wants to dwell in you. He wants his heart, the things he's passionate about, his thinking, he wants it all inside of you. Maybe that's what you need from him. Whatever it is, I wanna pray for you right now. Lord, you know our hearts. God, this has been a dark year. It's been a year of even exposing darkness that we didn't even know was there, so many of us. So Lord, we ask right now in the midst of walking through seasons of darkness that we would remember again, Lord, that you are the only true light. You are light enough, God. And Lord, we ask that you would help us turn our eyes in such a way, Lord, that it would be anticipating what you're gonna do in this season. Lord, my friends that are here that have darkness of sin, God, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you would begin to grip their hearts. God, let them know how much you love them, how, how fully and perfectly you forgive them, God, in a way that they couldn't have even imagined. And Lord, we ask that you would dwell in us in a way that points people directly to who you are. Lord, let us never be those imposters that would give people a bad taste in their mouth for you. But Lord, that we would represent you so powerfully. God, your heart, your mind, the way that you think about things, your reactions. Lord, we ask for more of you, not to just dwell among us, but in us and through us, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church. 